I thought it was kind of interesting that you found these signs to begin with. So I guess yeah, they're they're right there. They're really cool. Uh, I guess I want to know like where would you get them? When you see them for the first time, it really does yeah kick you in the stomach because it brings to reality the whole Jim Crow era. Yeah. But the way I acquired them was that I was a student here at Southwest Texas in the mid-1980s. Okay. And one of my friends was driving through a residential neighborhood in Austin. And he passed a woman in her front yard who was about to set fire to a burn pile. And those two signs were on top of the burn pile. So he pulled over and rushed into her front yard and said, what are you doing? And she told him then that those signs had been in the Santa Fe Railroad Station in Lubbock, Texas since the early 20th century until LBJ signed the Civil Rights Act of 1964. When he signed the Civil Rights Act of 1964, the signs were taken down and she took them and had kept them for 25 years at her home and that she had decided she wanted to get rid of them because of what they were reminders of. And he asked her, may I have them? And she said, sure, take them. I don't want them. So he came to my, uh, my house shortly after that and he showed them to me. And I said, you have no use for these signs, and I'm going to be a teacher someday. Give them to me. Yeah. And he gave them to me. And so I took them and have now had them in storage for 25 years. And when they announced that the common experience would be from segregation to integration, celebrating democracy's promise, I said, I finally have opportunity to take the signs out of storage and, and use them for something. So I did. And... Uh, they will, I think, be going on display in the library in a couple of weeks. Okay. Wow, that is actually a lot more than I thought it would have been. Tell they've never been touched up, and they're they're very warm. They're starting to crack. Wow. So you can see that they went into a slat in the wall, and it indicated to the people what side of the station they were supposed to be on. That is amazing. Yeah, they really are. This is like something on Antiques Roadshow. <laughs> I know. I feel like I should be on Pawn Stars or something, you know. But they really are. And uh, they really, you know, give you a sense of the realities of Jim Crow when you see them. Yeah. You know? Wow. And you just don't see these anywhere because when, you know, the LBJ signed that law in 64, I think that people got rid of the signs they didn't want any they didn't want to be labeled as racist by yeah. keeping them so they got rid of them and uh, you just can't find them I've never even seen something like this so I have kept them wrapped in uh, blankets and weatherproofing <laughs> for 25 years and I took them out for the first time in 25 years three weeks ago and uh, well they look like incredibly well kept for being that old. For being that old, and you know, they could be as old as, they could be more than a hundred years old, we just don't know. Wow. Um, That's amazing. I think it's interesting that they both look exactly the same. You think yeah. they would have flipped the color, maybe, you know? I don't know. <laughs> That's pretty I don't cool. know, but yeah, they're, they're really a kick in the gut when you see them.
They are. So, I guess you just, what made you want to donate them? Well, I'm not donating them permanently. They're okay. only on loan for one year. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, yeah, I told them that I would loan them to them for one year, and then after, you know, the common experience changes, I'll get them back. Okay. That's good enough. Um, oh, yeah, and I guess I was going to ask if you were around in the early years of just integration, but I guess no, probably not. No. no. Um, you know, I was born in 1967. Okay. And even though, I will say that even though the legalized segregation was no longer the law of the land, I can remember going to the theater and no African American people sat anywhere except in the balcony. Wow. Even though segregation was over. I can remember being three and four years old and that just being the custom. Yeah. You know, that. Even though the law had changed, it was very hard to break out of the custom. Now, where were you born? Did you grow up here? No. Well, I grew up in Texas, in Bay City. Oh, okay. Just down on okay. the coast. From Houston. Yeah. Well, okay. Baytown is next to Houston. Bay oh. City is like 80 miles southwest of Houston. Okay. So you were just born and raised in Texas then, I guess? Born and raised, yes. Awesome. In the heat. Okay, so I get. Have you spoken with your students about this new integration theme we're having? And if so, oh yes, I'm teaching two two sections of university seminar this semester. Are you really? Okay. Yes, and I'm also sponsoring two common experience events: one on October eighth and one on October twenty second. And the one on October eighth is entitled. It's a Stanley Nelson documentary entitled "The Freedom Riders." R I D E R S. And it is uh, a documentary about um, the desegregated Southern bus system. And even though it was desegregated, the African Americans could not ride on the buses through the South because of mm. such danger. So a whole group of African American and white people boarded the, bu the buses in Washington, D.C. and rode through the South on a Greyhound bus and their bus was bombed and they were pulled out of the buses and beaten and um, I don't know if I should say this or not but <laughs> many times with the consent of the law wow. even though it was illegal and that consent came from the president down the president of the United States down when LBJ was still in office? that was the Freedom Riders occurred when uh, JFK was in office oh. Okay. So, um, okay. you know, uh, there was a lot of, according to these documentaries, there was not a great deal of support for change because people wanted to um, preserve their political power. And they were, you know, Pete Kennedy, who was JFK's brother, yeah. who was the... Um, what was his role in the White House? I think he was his advisor, his personal, one of his personal advisors. Well, it shows him calling down to the South using racist language, saying, get these people off of the bus. We can't have this going on in the South. We're going to lose Southern votes. And uh, It's always been my constituency, I guess. Yeah. So. And the, but the second one we're showing is entitled Freedom Summer, and we're showing that on October 22nd. And that... Uh, that documentary parallels our common reader, Coming of Age in Mississippi, particularly the last third of the book, where that summer it shows the people going out trying to recruit African Americans to go to the polls and to vote. 
Okay. And um, we're going to be showing that on October 22nd. And the Freedom Riders is on the 8th? On the 8th, yes. Okay. And you're hosting those two events? Yes, we're host I'm hosting both and of them. And you're teaching those university seminar classes as well? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and I guess, yeah, just on your opinion, how far do you think we've really come? Since oh, you know, people often say we haven't come very far, but there's no way that you can look at this and say we haven't come a long way. Um, yeah. I, I know prejudice and racism is very much embedded in the American culture, mm -hmm. but it's no longer the law of the land. And that demonstrates how far we've come. That was a good quote. That is. Yeah, I was just about to say. <laughs> Every once in a while, I'll, I'll spit something out that sounds decent. <laughs> I told my uh, my World Lit class the other day. Were you in my World Lit class? I was in one of your World Lit classes, yeah. Well, we studied the narrative of Frederick Douglass? Yes, yes. And, and that is when I came up with, when I closed Frederick Douglass, you may have been, because I think that was the first time I ever said this, was when we got through studying Frederick Douglass, I said, regardless of what your opinions on politics are, you cannot deny that it is an awesome irony that we now have a black man living in a white house you did say that. that was yeah. constructed by the slaves black hands and i'd never said that before when i said that i said oh my god that sounds like a book <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah I'll, i'm I mean, gonna be sure to put that in there too so uh you know regardless of your political ideas or whatever it's not the law of the land anymore and that shows how far we've come one of the things that i will tell you that I love about Texas State, and I've taught in East Texas and Northeast Texas and here in Central Texas as, as well, is that our students, for the most part, do not in any way countenance this kind of discrimination. They object to it, and they stand up against it, and that's one of the great benefits of teaching at a liberal arts institution do not stand they don't they don't countenance it okay. you know yeah. uh, if somebody says something in a classroom that is not for lack of a better word let me think that is not uh, cordial as a teacher I don't have to deal with that most often the students take care of that and uh, that doesn't happen everywhere, but here at Texas State, that happens. And I think that shows the kind of students that we attract to this university. We attract a more compassionate individual, I think, than many universities do. I, I tended with these signs to our first com with our with these signs. I went to our first common experience event, which was uh, a movie showing of the movie about Glory Road, the movie Glory Road. And we had students there and, and faculty there and we showed these signs and I was just really interested at the students' reaction to the signs. Uh, some of them were absolutely intrigued. Some of them were scared. You could tell that when they looked at the signs, it brought fear to them. 
And some of them had tears in their eyes when they saw the signs. And it just shows you that there was no, uh, like, oh, that's the way it should be, you know, that kind of thing. They didn't have that. <laughs> yeah. And so I was just really pleased the first time we unveiled these signs at a student gathering, the type of response that we got. And again, I think that speaks to the type of students that we attract here. It does. It's a lot. Y'all are great. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. I appreciate it. Um, well, yeah, so you really hit on a lot. A lot of points, I guess. Oh, yeah. How important do you feel like equality is to us as a society? And could America do more to be a better example of this to the world? <laughs> Just trying to come up with some good questions. Well, I'm really thinking about what's in my heart. I don't think the answer is going to come from people who are in power or in politics. I think further advancement will be achieved when common people change their behaviors. And beliefs. Because, you know, people can sit in a law office and pass laws until doomsday, but that's not going to change the common people. And it's really going to have to be the common people if, if, there's, if there are problems. The common people are going to have to have a change of heart. When they change their uh, thoughts and beliefs? Yeah. Okay. That's what I think. Oh yeah, and I, this was, I thought this was kind of, because the fact that they did this in general about the 50 years of integration, I figured like how important do you think was it to the university to make it a point to remind uh, people? I want to tell you, I'm so glad you asked that because we are getting these kinds of questions about why are you bringing up something that's 50 years old? Mm -hmm. And it is simply because we have to have an appreciation for the past. If we don't appreciate the past, we don't know who we are as a people. This is where we were, and 50 years is not that long ago. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to be 50 years old in two years, and this is not that long ago. And so without that appreciation for the past, it's, the uh, cliché is we're destined to repeat it. And maybe not in the exact same way, but in some form or fashion. Mm -hmm. We have to learn from the past. And I personally, I don't want to forget my past and where I came from. It defines who I am today. So, you know, the purpose of our common experience is not to remind everyone of, of a past that's tainted and that we're ashamed of. And it is to celebrate where we've come from. Look at the progress we've made yeah. in just 50 years. It's taken hundreds and hundreds of years for nations to change. And look how much we changed in 50 years. Yeah, and some haven't changed at all if you no. look at the Middle East. So. Sure, yeah. yeah. I mean, they've held on to outmoded thinking, racism, prejudice, uh, regardless. I mean, it could be directed at religion or race or gender. And, you know, for hundreds of years, they refused to let go of it. And in 50 years, we've gone from colored waiting room to an African-American president. Yeah. So we've really come a long way. 
I guess just in closing, um, is there anything else you'd like to add? I am just really honored, to be honest with you, that I'm on the Common Experience Committee and that I get to be a part of this. I'm loving every minute of it. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I can't wait to get to my university seminar class each week because it's a different mm -hmm. a different um, pers not perspective, but a different approach to this. And we do it every week, you know, for the next 14 weeks. So I'm really excited. Yeah.